Hi, my name is Jillian Coleman and I'm your host for Tinker Talks, a podcast that touches on all things Tinker. Are you curious about what goes on inside the gates? For this episode of Tinker Talks, we're sitting down with 72nd Air Base Wing Community Support Coordinator, Karen Blackwell, to get the scoop on a new program she has introduced called 333. But before we get into that, let's get to know our guest a little bit better. So Karen, as a community support coordinator, that's a pretty pretty big undertaking. Um, can you explain your role on this base and let our listeners in on a little lesser known fact about you? About me, okay. So uh, one of the things I always tell people is this job to me is like a people hub. Anything that has to do with people pretty much touches what happens in this job. It started out as a position to be a main person that kind of watched all the different things that go on on the installation that affect our quality of life, that affect us negatively or positively uh, to enhance that if it's positive. So that was kind of, it was a huge undertaking, but uh, because I've been on Tinker for so long, I really felt up to the challenge uh, and actually even really was looking forward to this job because it had such a variety to it. Um, a little known fact about me, um, I always tell a story in some of my classes, um, so it kind of has a little shock value. I tell people that one of my jobs I actually got into was being a tobacco cessation uh, uh, facilitator because I actually was uh, told by a little four-year-old boy that I couldn't dip because I was a girl. Oh. And I actually started dipping and uh, did that till I was 26. And then that's how I got into teaching tobacco cessation. <laughs> that, that shock factor um, is there. That's definitely accurate. So that job really does sound like a pretty robust responsibility. Um, and in the military culture, especially in the Air Force, we hear the word resilience a lot. And we know that could pertain to any number of issues. Um, what are some of the key points that you really emphasize in your role as a community support coordinator? Well, one of the things I talk about is that, uh, and it, you're right, the resilience word is used everything. I've even heard it heard uh, referring to an engine, uh, the resiliency of an engine. So what I try to get them focused on is we are talking about more about your resilience skills, the things that you do to get over daily stresses and things that might be a little bit harsher than that. Those are the things that we're focused on, especially with our uh, resiliency uh, messages that go out is how do you deal with interpersonal as well as your own personal uh, stresses or things that get you down a little bit. Right. Well, and on an installation with more than 30,000 military and civilian airmen, that really does touch a lot of people, impacts a lot of people. Um, and I think we really emphasize it's not just our military airmen that you work with, it's their families, dependents, it's everybody. Well, and one of the things I think is key to this whole messaging about the Community Support Coordinator Office is that I'm not here to do it all. Right. I'm here to make sure that if there is something that goes across norm, numerous organizations, and I'm talking more about our helping agencies, uh, formerly known as the IDS, now known as our community action team, when they have an issue that they can't resolve, because I have a great team, 
they are out there and they're the ones on boots on the ground talking to people, helping people. My role is more to see where they're having issues getting that work done or there's something that our community has an issue with and I'm there to help make sure that the right people know about it and it gets resolved. And so I'm more the problem solver, which is right up my alley. Right. <laughs> and I think that's one of the reasons why I enjoy the job so much. And every day is different. So it's like each day is a different problem. It's a whole nother thing. Every day is different. Uh, and you resolve an issue and then you move on to the next one. What, is, what a rewarding um, position that must be at the end of every day to feel like you've kind of helped someone in a new direction or... It is. And I tell people all the time that if they've ever taken Gallup Strengths, it, I hit my top five signature strengths every single day. Uh, and so that's why I know that it's a job that's gonna be fulfilling for me and able to do it. And, and like I said, great partners. You have uh, everyone at the mental health clinic. We have the Airmen and Family. I have the Sapper office. I have DDRP, you know, a drug demand reduction program. I mean, it's violence prevention. Uh, integrator, he, Alvin Chandler, he's my partner in crime here, mm -hmm. um, that he really focused in on those negative indicators where I really focus more on the quality of life issues. Right. And promoting that, that positive quality of life um, and all of the, the health and wellness that goes into that. Um, I've noticed more recently you've, you've kind of changed the education focus from just response to prevention. And that's a huge thing, both with negative um, indicators and with the quality of life, is how do we even avoid any of that negativity to begin with and not just how do we respond to the negative? You know, and there's a place for that response. And we're, we're not trying to say that's not important. We do really well at response. Right. Um, we also do really well at targeting high-risk groups. So AFMC, uh, they basically brought us in to do a new concept when we call a paradigm shift, uh, where we take a look at what do we do for the entire installation to kind of get them prepared uh, to be able to help someone that might be um, having an issue. Uh, maybe there's a, someone um, did something to an individual, uh, and we call that a red dot, as you know. Mm -hmm. and, when we're doing our green dot training, it's, some, it's an act of violence that happens. And how do we prevent that from even happening in the first place? So that's where that prevention, primary prevention comes in. Okay, and so this new campaign that you launched October 1, is that right? Yes. It's called 333. Um, let's talk about that a little bit more if you wanna explain its intent and purposes and how that really applies to this whole preventative practice that we're really trying to encourage. So one of the things that is key to when we talk about suicide prevention is relationships, people having social support. And sometimes when we get really caught up in our mission, we may inadvertently not keep those connections as close as they've been in the past. And so the Tinker 333 is a way for us to purposely get back to those same habits that we've had before. And so what it is, is basically three times a day to three different people, and preferably somebody you don't even know, you would either do a greeting to them, or you would thank them for something, or you would invite them somewhere. Uh, and it, I encourage people to do it to people they don't even know, because we never know how, even in the morning time, how mm -hmm. that would affect somebody. Right. Uh, it was inspired by a one of our 
officers on the gate, our civilian officers, and I was on my way to work and she actually greeted me in the morning and she said, you just have a wonderful day, my beautiful sister. Mm -hmm. And I just, even now it's like, oh, that made me feel so good. Yeah. And I went to teach a class and I brought up uh, this individual, talked about that was my moment of gratitude, which mm -hmm. is one of the skills we teach. And everybody's like, oh yeah, I know her. Right. And they all started telling stories about how she greeted them at the gate. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's a simple thing. Mm -hmm. There's so many of us that are in customer service and it's just a simple thing to even think about a different way to greet somebody. Absolutely. Uh, so that really inspired uh, this type of campaign. And so that's what we've done. We've encouraged people to give out three eggs to three different people. It has a little slip of paper so they can come and they can do the same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, they can get some at our Tinker Joy stations at some of our helping agencies. Uh, and then we give them a little bracelet that kind of reminds them on a regular basis to keep doing it. Because mm -hmm. if you don't do it continually, you're going to forget. And right. then once it's a habit, you don't even think about it anymore. And I think a big thing to remember there is that you don't know what someone else is going through all the time. Whether it's someone in your office, it's someone that you see at the gate in the morning, you don't know what they're, what battles they're facing. And so sometimes just that hello or that thank you or have a good day can make all the difference in the world. It can, and I remember we brought Kevin Hines to the base uh, a couple of years ago. And that was one of the things that he said, what that kind of impact would have made when he was on his way to the Golden Gate Bridge, what impact that could have made of someone just saying, you don't look like you feel good today, what's mm -hmm. going on? Mm -hmm. Or just saying hello to him. And so I remember those kinds of lessons as we put these types of things together. And we do have a version two coming up. Okay, something um, to look forward to. Something to look forward to, to, to bring it to another level. So it'll be some, uh, that coming out around January. Okay, the anticipation. <laughs> it's just eating me alive. Okay, um, so we've kind of talked about how everyone can experience or handle situations, be that grief or stress, differently. So you could be the base commander, you could be a first-term airman, um, a family member, and whether it's an unexpected circumstance that hinders normal operations at work or your day-to-day -day life, you know, big or small, what really inspires you to take care of people and to encourage that take care of your wingman culture? I think back, I was a dependent spouse when I first got to Tinker. Uh, I didn't even know where Oklahoma was. Uh, I had never driven on interstates. I grew up in Wyoming. Uh, and so I had a big culture shock coming uh -huh. to Oklahoma. And uh, we had people around us that uh, became our family. That first year that I was here, I spent my Thanksgivings, Christmases with these individuals. Um, and I also met a lot of people in the gym that I, when I started working at the base gym, that I still have relationships with today. And so I think about that and how it made me feel uh, and meeting new people at a spouse group. She, uh, I had an individual that grew up in Oklahoma. She took me to every flea market, every uh, best barbecue place, mm -hmm. whatever it was. And so that inspires me to create that same culture on our installation, whether you live in Oklahoma or you're coming in to live in Oklahoma, mm -hmm. that we have that. And I know the state of Oklahoma is very welcoming, but I wanted to even be more so on the base to where it feels more like family. Mm -hmm. That's important. 
Um, and you've been at Tinker for how long? I want to say it was 30 years okay, in October. Okay, I was going to say 30, but I didn't want to. Yeah, 30 uh, years in October. Miss it. So it's obvious that you are an integral and irreplaceable part of Team Tinker. Um, in the future, what do you? You've kind of touched on the program 2.0 that's coming in January, but what else do you hope to really see? Um, either change or the culture, what are, you, what are you hoping to see? Well, we uh, just recently developed a, a community action plan and it was a process that we've been doing. It basically is a way for us to look at data that we have from across the installation with all of our partners and surveys, which is very important because we wanna make sure that people know we're listening. And so those surveys became a very integral part of what we put into our community action plan. We used a new process this time with the RAND Corporation, and it's, a, it's basically a process that you use to make us successful. And so we have developed that, and our three major things that we're focused on, obviously we need to still keep on, in line on doing our training um, that we've been doing this year, formerly known as Green Dot, because mm -hmm. um, we won't be using that Green Dot name. Uh, to focus in on the things that we need to get ahead of uh, with the training. But we also are building two new components. And one of them is called leadership, and that's getting a lot more training to our supervisors. And it is a voluntary basis, but we think it can make a huge impact. Uh, and that's done through our Airmen and Family Readiness Center. And the last one is what we call building a better workplace and community and basically giving a tool to a leader that it, whatever issues or whatever things you would like to improve in your organization, we wanna bring a whole team to you. Instead mm -hmm. of people coming to classes, we wanna bring that to you and provide whatever your unit members need. And so that is our focus that we have for this next two years. Well, that sounds like two uh, really impactful opportunities. Um, both hitting priorities of our leadership development and our workforce as a whole. Yes. Um, so those are two things that we're excited about for sure. Um, so thank you, Karen, and thank you all for listening, um, catching this episode of Tinker Talks. What do you want to know? Who do you want to hear from? We want to hear what you think. So follow us on social media at Tinker Air Force.